And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finity comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the We Are Mead podcast. Uh, this week, uh, I suppose, looking around me, it's uh, it's fairly empty this week. Uh, for going from having eight at the, in, in the podcast last week, we're down to two. Um, myself and uh, the one and only David Rispin, he's a little bit tender today. Um, he had a bit of a rough weekend. Um, David, uh, you were in Newcastle on the weekend. Yeah, we were scouting a few players for... January, um, Shola Amiobi and I think uh, Obafemi Martins are, are two of the names that propped up. So we went over to have a, have a look at them in Newcastle. So right, we're hoping right, to get them in right. uh, into court time for January. That's funny now, so it is, because yeah. you didn't send me any pictures of any men <laughs> in your way. <laughs> I was sending pictures, was I? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to show you your Snapchats later on as well. But uh, David was away on a bit of a stag do on the weekend and he's a little bit worse for wear, but he made it, unlike our two... Uh, um, other co co commentators on the on the podcast, Mister um, Brian Kelly uh, from Centreston, his AGM is tonight, and then uh, Kieran Flynn, the PRO of the Mead County Board, he's unfortunately away. Um, he's in Port Leash, mm. not in the prison, I don't think, um, mm. but he is in Port Leash, and uh, um, he's given out I think awards or something to students, twenty thousand euros worth of uh, uh, awards being given out to 40 students across Leinster. So um, he's, uh, I suppose he's doing a, a fair old job giving out 20 grand. Yeah, I think the money was just resting in his, in his, <laughs> in his account. So uh, no, but there'll be I, no more questions asked about I that. heard there was 40 grand. <laughs> it's supposed to be a grand each for the students. But, yeah, that uh, would have made sense. Look, I'm not going to make any assumptions about him. You know, he's, he's after hitting the big time as well. Yeah. Um, he won programme of uh, the year for Leinster um, in the club uh, programmes um, which was uh, a brilliant uh, reward for his work I suppose Dave Ah yeah it was fitting in fairness to him we, we do slag him on that and he slags us equally but in fairness to him I think the programme it was it was 90 plus pages I think 92 or 3 page programme which was outstanding and like in years gone by Martin O'Halloran has obviously done terrific work in, in the last few years and won that award for the programme and it's in fairness to Kieran. You know he's he's new into the job and he's he's kind of continued on Martin's legacy in that sense and yeah um fair play to him he deserves the recognition for it and it was a really good read yeah absolutely and and in fairness to him like um every time we do the podcast here as well he has the laptop out mm. he's always doing work for the county board or the CCC and uh, he's <laughs> well said <laughs> we just get that in <laughs> and, uh, uh, and 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 he's and, and and coming up in the lead up to the finals you know he was. 
he'd be on his phone, he'd be getting sponsors, he'd be getting people in, he'd be getting uh, different articles put in. So, and, uh, you know, he, he put a few nice little touches into the into the uh, senior programme and the intermediate programme and junior programme this year with the um, pictures of the players oh, yes, yeah. and stuff like that, you know. like So, uh, you know, uh, kudos to the band, you know, yeah. he, he did well. Yeah, fair play to him, yeah. It's all about kind of finding new... new um little inventive ideas and, and in fairness to Kieran, he's very good at that he's very crafty with his with his work and he's he takes real pride in it too he's crafty all right <laughs> he is indeed yeah <laughs> so uh, well done to him yeah yeah uh, we won't be we won't give him too big of a head <laughs> the funny thing is is that you know you know the way people say that self-praise is no praise yeah well if you go on to his twitter page his facebook page his instagram page <laughs> and he actually runs the mead ones as well <laughs> the mead ones. did you see that i won this did you i won an award i <laughs> know <laughs> ah, no he's a good lad and he deserves everything that he gets and well done and he's down there Again, working away uh, for the Leinster Council tonight, giving out those awards. So well done to Kieran. We've nothing to congratulate Brian Kelly on, other than uh, you know being able to make it to the AGM in Centrestown, I suppose. Yeah, fair play to him, and I, I think look at the biggest achievement for Brian is that he's still alive after predicting his own club Centrestown and lose the senior Absolutely. ladies final. So I think he's doing all right for him. Yeah, and, and to be to be allowed to go to the AGM as well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was summoned to the AGM, <laughs> yeah, so he was. To explain himself, but sure, he'll be able to tell us tell us all that in the next uh, uh, podcast. On this week's podcast, uh, I think we've got a couple of things to talk about, maybe in Camogie. Yeah. Um, I don't know, there might be a little bit to talk about there. We've got some football results in the Under-21 Championship. We've uh, also got uh, Mead were out uh, playing a, a challenge match on the weekend, a friendly game. And uh, we've got some fixtures to run through for the next week or so. Um, so I suppose it would only be fitting to start with the AIB uh, uh, junior club championships in Camogie um, we'll start with uh, the Junior B where Rathoth were taking on Clontibbert of, of, of uh, Monaghan and you know we had the girls on here last week we had Amy Gaffney and Nevo Reardon from Rathoth and uh, you know they were well focused here last week they didn't eat any of the Krispy Kremes as well no, which actually, is funnily yeah. enough um, you know they were well well uh, tuned for, for the weekend ahead but they won this on a scoreline of one goal and 12 to 3 points in Park Tolchin half time score 1-9 to 2 points and I suppose the first half display is is what saw them through in, in, in the end David yeah it's, in finals if you if you can get a good start and, and hold on but it wasn't as if they held on they had such a comfortable lead at half time it was just a case of seeing it out second half and I think yeah. it was probably it probably wasn't a classic second half, probably wasn't a classic first half either, but we said it's such a cliche but finals are all about winning, you know. And in fairness to Rato, they did that um quite comfortably, probably more comfortably than they would have thought or you know, assuming yeah, they would have got it. But um Navin was probably a big factor too, as Forkel Messing would come to as well in a few minutes, but like to get to to finals on your home pitch is, is Brilliant, you know, and there was a huge crowd in there looking at pictures and Instagrams and Snapchats and that, and there was really vocal support behind them. Yeah, the funny thing is that somebody mentioned that it, the crowds going into Park Tolchin, going up Bruce Hill, and uh, uh, when the teams took the pitch, the roar was that mm. loud that they felt that maybe um, that could have, you know, stifled a few players in the field mm. because it was just, I believe it was electric up there in Park Tolchin. Yeah, well, the ladies... Football and hurling, or camogie, I should say, in general, if you go to a game, a big game, particularly finals, county finals, league finals, um, cup finals, you'll find that the atmosphere is is probably a little bit better than it is at a lads' final. And it, they mightn't have as many at the games as there would be at a lads' final, but there's definitely that 
kind of partisan or carnival atmosphere yeah. at them. Um, they really put big emphasis on getting the crowds in. The, even the prices, you know, the games are, are a bit more reasonable as well to go into. So you get a lot of kids at them as well. Yeah, the kids get really excited about. Of course, them, of course they do. Yeah, and it's great to see it. Like, um, I think Captain Anya McNerney said in her in her speech or in an article after about, you know, the the work that's gone on in Mead Camogie over the last couple of years. And I suppose from looking at it from the from the outside, you'd have to say they're the association in Mead or the team in Mead or. That are that are doing the best at the minute out of football hurling Camo- it's camogie that are and that that started with the all ireland win two years ago and mm-hmm. it's just carried on through the clubs and look at kilmessen doing two in a row but for a tote as well to come out of mead obviously get that you know burden off their back and then kick on and win an all ireland through winning the leinster as well or winning you know a special award is um is a phenomenal achievement yeah and like a, a special word for 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 the performance there was some really standout performers in that game as well yeah Anya McNerney I think was the player of the match yeah she ended up getting yeah. player of the match and Sinead Beacon I think who was the captain I think she kicked or kicked <laughs> hit seven frees um as well and you always need a really good and reliable free taker and she's been that all year for Retoat yeah, like that. That is one of the things, and 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 we'll we'll see that as well in in, in the next game and the in the Kilmessen game as well. You do need you do need a standout free taker all the time. And in fairness, yeah, and at the other end, like to Tony, ship three points is just remarkable. And I suppose we had Neven with us here. It'd be wrong of us not to give her a mention in the goals. Ah, um, solid as a rock. And and uh, midway through the first half, pulled off an amazing save. The ball was yeah. about to drop into the top corner. She managed to get it out and 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 it, again in the second half pulled off three or four great saves you know mm. and she said how much she practices mm. and she practices with her brother so yeah. you know it's all she might off. have to update that save remember you asked her what was her favorite save so that'll probably be up there now <laughs> <laughs> i suppose you know as well as that when you when you think of it you know to get two clubs into an all-ireland final um on the same day in park Tolchin, that was that was massive for the county as well and the fact now as well that kilmessen uh, actually progress up into mm. intermediate it also gives another chance for another Mead team to join into the All-Ireland uh, series. Yeah, it does. And look, at, for Retoth, it's, it's, it's a weird one because they're after winning the All-Ireland, yet they're going up now into senior next year and they'll probably, they will face Kilmessen. There's no probably about it. They will yeah. face Kilmessen. And that'll be an interesting game. Look, at Kilmessen have been there so many years, but they're there to be shot at. And I think Retoth, they have this kind of exciting crop of young girls coming up. They really fancy their chances of kicking on next year. Um, and having a go at, at the senior championship in Mead. Yeah, they will indeed. And uh, again, we just want to give out a few names. Like as you said, Sinead Began with seven points. Anya McNerney mm. with uh, a goal and a point. Um, also in there, I'm just trying to look through it here. Um, Fiona McNerney as well got on the score sheet with two points. And uh, young with Lachlan, she got a free, and then uh, another one the McNerneys with a point as well. Like and, and Emma McGill, one of the one of the sisters of Connor and uh, yeah. Dara as well. Like uh, the jersey puller of the team, as the girl said last week. But uh, she held her own there, and she's a real, real uh, rock solid player there for them. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I'd say the clubhouse was rocking as well uh, on, uh, on Saturday evening. It's probably still rocking tonight. I'll be still rocking for the rest of the week. I'd imagine there'll be some celebrations. I don't. I wouldn't say they'll stray too far. Now maybe they might tip into coppers tonight, but. Uh, Fair play to them. You've owned yourself. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I had enough of it at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And on Saturday afternoon, Rathout, All Ireland champions, beating Clontibbert in the final on a scoreline of 112 
Sorry, it was on Sunday. It was right, yeah, on Sunday. One twelve to three points. Um, and as we said, Anya McNerney getting the player of the match. And uh, I suppose, as we said, Neva Reardon and Amy Gaffney in here with us last week. And uh, we're delighted for uh, everybody in Rathout. And we want to wish them the best of luck um, going forward in the future with the her- with the Camogie. And uh, thank them as well for coming in and, and for listening to the podcast. I suppose we move on now to the next of the All-Ireland AIB Junior Ch- Club Championship Finals in the Suckle Messon taking on four roads and this was although the scoreline says three goals in 12 to one goal in 12 it was a six point win for, for Kilmesson and they had to draw on all of their experience to get that win uh, four roads didn't make it easy for them at all David no they were never going to I think Kilmesson would have been well fancied to, to win the final but it's easier said than done and you still have to perform to a good standard in finals and they were there to be shot at, but full credit to them. They came out and like it, it sounded like a really good and entertaining game. Like 3-12 to 1-12 is a very high scoring. Uh, and only contest. three points between them at half time. It was 2-5 yeah. to 1-5 at the break. Um, and uh, four roads came out in the second half. And they did start to tag on points and get back into the game. But again, Megan Tyne, mm. you, know, uh, you know, at one stage just sticking the ball in the back of the net just to put that little bit of uh, uh, I suppose distance between the teams yeah she's she's a remarkable player in football and camogie she's playing the two codes with Mead she's after winning a junior football with Dunsany this year she's after winning another camogie title and now adding this to her to her ever growing CV she's a phenomenal player I think she scored 12 points in the football final she scored 2-2 yesterday um, and as you already said player of the match she's a phenomenal talent but like it's not as if they're a one man team I mean Kate, Katie Quillon here that was yeah, with us here last week too. yeah brilliant and she's a mainstay in that team and Aileen Donnelly the evergreen um, player there I think she chipped in with six points four from play or four frees two from play so yeah that's right six 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 points four from frees two from play as you said Katie Quillon with a goal on two and then Megan Tyne with two two um, so what's that maths wise? That's three ten, is it? Three twelve. <laughs> that's uh, that's three ten, and then uh, uh, Young King and, and Lynch with a point each. Yeah. That was the. the so there you go. It, like it, it obviously you need you need certain players to, to carry the can, and generally in sort of teams you'll have one star, but Kilmessen they're just not like that. They're just a, a real team, and the, they all chip in, which you know it makes it almost nigh on impossible to mark three players like that who are running riot, especially in the forward line. Um, so yeah, four roads had were up against it, you know. Yeah, and 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 like uh, we we said it already about having a free taker. Like there was a there was a, a girl, a Fallon girl for um uh, uh for four roads, and she's got scored five points all from freeze. Mm. And and then you had uh, Aileen Donnelly, she scored six four from freeze. So you you need to have as we said the free takers. Both of them had a bit of a rocky stage um, uh, one, uh, during the game and that was when uh, uh, Four Roads got it back to a point and then Mag- Megan Tyne, who'd kind of gone out of the game a little bit, she was kind of maybe tightly marked, she pounced to get that goal, as I said, to put four points between the teams and I suppose that was that was the final nail in the coffin and, and, and Kilmessen just tagged on a couple more points to get that six-point lead. Yeah, the see, end. they have that experience as well and the likes of Aileen Donnelly there, she might have missed a couple of frees and, but she's at that stage of her career now that, you know, if she was a younger player or whatever and you miss a couple of frees in a big game, it can play on your mind and it can actually ruin you. The only thing, they, were, they weren't easy frees that she no, missed. She no. missed two frees yeah. that were from distance and they were from tight angles or, or from, from wide positions. Um, but, as you said, her experience and everything told mm. her and then she popped up, got a free and then she found herself in a bit of space and just 
coolly and calmly turned and slotted mm. over the bar. Like so, I suppose like just in like I think Kilmessen were ra- wasteful enough in the first half. They they hit a lot more wides than than their opponents, and I suppose the message at half time was probably keep doing what you're doing. If yeah. you know if you're creating more chances than your opponent, eventually it's going to come good. You know you they can't just keep ticking on scores and you keep missing. That generally doesn't happen over the full piece. Yeah. So Kilmessen were kind of, they're old enough and, and wise enough at this stage to kind of know that they will have a proper patch at some stage. And as you said, it did arrive towards uh, the end. Of the it did arrive towards the end, mm. just at the right time. They peaked, I suppose, at the right time. As well as that, there was more pressure on Kilmessen than there would have been on four roads. Because Kilmessen, you know, have been there before, won All-Irelands, haven't been able to back it up with a second All-Ireland in a row. And... If they want to progress up to intermediate, they had to win it two times mm. in a row. So I suppose, you know, that yeah. pressure probably told a little bit because they were probably looking going, Jesus, our chance could be slipping away here of getting up to yeah. intermediate club in in uh, in Leinster or or, or or even in the All Ireland series. So that was that could have played in their mind a bit. Four four uh, four roads would have been looking to get their first one, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. so I suppose the second one is harder to win. It's like. an interesting point because and the girls didn't say it here last week, but it was no doubt on their minds that it would have been very, like, you're after winning 10 championships in Meath in yeah. a row. And then to win the All-Ireland last year, and if to get to the final this year, and to lose it. I mean, it's a bit like Mayo in the football. How do they keep going year after year after year? So it's it's fantastic they're after getting I think it's a ludicrous rule. I don't agree with that at no. all, that you have to win no. two All-Irelands to, to go up a grade. It's, it's a crazy rule, and mm. I think it should be done away with it as soon as possible. But... Fair play to them. They, because if you look at it, like yeah. many all Irelands have they contested in the last six years, or six or seven years. Yeah. We know they've won yeah. one, lost one, and then they've won two in a row. So, you know, like, it, that shows the quality that's there mm. in that team, you know? like So, as you said, it's a bit of a silly, ludicrous rule to have it a team so dominant, getting to All-Ireland finals and not being able to, to go up. But they've done it. Mm. Do yeah, well, consistently they are the best team over the last, whatever you said, five yeah. or six years in the All-Ireland series. Yeah. So it's only, it's to get what you, eventually you get what you deserve. And in, and in this case, thankfully, Kilmessen have got that and they'll, they'll progress um, next year. And Fergie's, I'd say, was hopping. Um, <laughs> I, I, did, I did see some of the tweets um, and they were supposed to be back in Fergie's for for um, seven o'clock on Sunday evening and uh, also that their chariot was awaiting them. It was a tractor and trailer mm, with Christmas yeah. lights all around the trailer, which I thought was absolutely yeah, brilliant. Class. Christmas came early for Fergie's anyway. So the, <laughs> amount of, the amount of money they're after taking in the well, last... I'd say it's going to be Christmas all month round, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it is yeah. in Fergie's. Every and and, and it's well-deserved. Um, you know, you know what, can, what can you say that hasn't been said about this this um, Kilmessen team? It's... For for me, her for me, Camogie as well. As I said to you, it's absolutely brilliant because they've now freed up another space for another team and me to go into the All Ireland series. Mm. You know, and Ratota won that Junior B. I'm not sure if they have to win it twice to go up to Junior A. Maybe they're gone up to Junior A now, and that means now that the winners of the senior next year go into the intermediate. The winners go into the Junior A, and then of the intermediate, and maybe another team gets freed up to go into the Junior B. I lost it. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, no, uh, yeah, hopefully they, they progress as well, Ratot. Um, but as you said, Camogie and Mead is, is in a great place in the minute. And you talked about it earlier, the amount of kids and you know young players going to the games to support. And they're playing it themselves. And it's, it only bodes well for Camogie and Mead, which yeah. is great to see. You know, and 
I think the footballers and, and herders, especially in Mead, can take a leaf out of the Camogie's book and look at what the work that's been done there at county level and it's just filtered through to the clubs, yeah, which is fantastic to see and, and they're carrying on the excellent work as yeah, well. And, and, and I'm sure that Kilmesson will definitely be contenders uh, in 2019 for uh, at intermediate level if they can win the the, the Mead Senior <laughs> Championship. But yeah. I suppose Ratout might have something to say about that after coming up from, from, from intermediate, but that's all to be seen. Um, they were good friends here last weekend, as we or last Monday, as we said. They all got on very well. It'll be interesting to see them pitted against each other in the championship next year. There might be a dance-off probably tonight in Dublin or that between the two. <laughs> I'd say that'll be as close as they'll get for the next few months. <laughs> but we want to uh, just congratulate both clubs. It's absolutely fantastic that uh, both Rathout and Kilmesson won their respective All-Irelands and that Kilmesson have now pushed up to the intermediate um, uh, All-Ireland series. So well done to all. We're going to move on now to some under-21 results. Um, uh, last Friday, St. Oliver's took on Nafina and Nafina won this by six points, 2-12 to St. Oliver's, two goals and six. And then on Sunday, in the under-21B semi-final, St. Dalton's Courtown Gales, three goals and nine. Ratkenny, one goal and five. They see them, but St. Dalton's Courtown Gales are now through to the final. Another huge scoring game for them, 18 points, three goals. They're racking up goals after goals after goals in these games. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're true to uh, uh, the under-21B final. And, of course, that's your club, uh, David. Yeah, yeah, we're delighted with them. We were all in the airport yesterday. I'm sure there was a poor enough re- representation from Carton at the, at the <laughs> game yesterday. We were all in Newcastle Airport following it, getting texts and tweets and everything. Um, and it was great. The lads were always in control. They... They took um they took control early enough on and they never really looked back. They're they're a fantastic group of lads. Um, I said it to you last week. They sound really mm. like they're too strong for that grade, the under twenty one B, and maybe they were yeah. maybe strong enough to play an under twenty one A. Look, it's tough. It's tough for the likes of Rakenny, I suppose. They they are on their own. At the end of the day, they are a senior club, and like ourselves and Ultons are two junior A clubs, but. Yeah, you look at it. Can you imagine if the two years got together? <laughs> Do you think it'd still be a junior eight club if the two of them got together? I don't know. I don't even know how the greatest or anything. But I suppose that's that's for another day. But it, I I hate it's talking all, about this. It's always for another day. <laughs> it is. But I think that we should probably focus on the actual achievement of the lads. Like Absolutely. This, no, the, no, no, no. The Ultras lads were in a final a few years ago, but Cortown haven't been in a final for thirty years. I think it was a division. It could have been a division one final. They played Kilmaine and Wood, John Henry, Trevor Kine. Um, lads like this on the team 30 years ago and, and it's fantastic to see us back there like for years we hadn't won a game in 18 years Yeah, I think I played it was 3 or 4 years ago or maybe 5 God <laughs> but it was it was our first win in 18 years and the, the progression has been there the lads have gelled so well and, and they're all in it together there's a great ethic work ethic between them all at Hugh Staunton yesterday was fantastic uh, paired with Keane McBride it's a pretty formidable midfield yeah. and uh, then up front or in, in defence I suppose you have Cormac Lindsay uh, Declan Ball then up front Darren Cavan and, and Luke Carberry they're like twins the two lads two small little blondie lads you just can't you can't you don't know which one it is you know one of them's after scoring but it's hard to tell which one it is but it's a disaster for the PRO but look we're looking forward to the final I think uh, the, sem- the other semi-final now is this Saturday so it'll be interesting to see who will play it might be it might be a derby if if that boy come true, but the lads are the lads are looking forward to the final, and hopefully, it'll be absolutely brilliant for the parish if we could could bring a title home. 
Yeah, and bring those two teams together. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> David's still scowling at me for that. But, um, you know, it just shows you that, like, the, the players are out in that area um, that could, um, in years to come, if anything were to happen, could definitely uh, compete intermediate senior grade if the teams were to sit down and talk but anyway uh, that's for another day as David always says um, a great win for St Dalton's Court and Gale see them, sees them through to the final they're going to be pitted against the winners of Balnebracchi and Clonmagale that's taking place on Saturday next the 1st of December and that's going to be played in Longwood so uh, you'll have a big interest in that one David will you uh, take a trip down to watch uh, Balnebracchi and Clonmagale it's in Longwood? the day of our charity match but I'm sure there'll be, um, there'll be a few lads that will probably have uh, have the long coats, jackets, hats, sunglasses on, and they'll be down there. It'll probably be lashing rain, but they'll be there and they'll be disguised to have a have a little look at what's going on. I think it'll be a good game. At Bannerbracky, have been very impressive. From talking to a few of the Karen Ross lads who who they bet, and um, they were they were mightily impressed with them. Clannagale bet on Sainty and Bective, which was a huge win for them. But then okay. they actually got a walk over in the quarterfinal over to Leek Bellewstown. Oh. So it's hard to know exactly where they're exactly at. Exactly where they stand, yeah. There's a bit of a gap between playing games and stuff. So it'll be an interesting game. I think it could be close. Um, but look, at our lads won't worry too much. I, I, won't say, I wouldn't say many of the players will go to it. They'll be just focusing on their own game. And that's the way they've been so far. Just getting on with it. So, yeah. More of the same. You just wonder why Delique Bellistown weren't able to field a team like in the quarter final of a. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure the ins and outs of it. I just seen it when we got the results there. I wasn't sure who that boy actually bet. They they did have a win. They bet uh, Bechtel and Saini first, which was a tough game, and then to get a to get a walk over. It's a strange one, but yeah. Yeah, well, like that. Uh, it, either way, Balnebracchi are taking on Clonmagale as we said in that semi final, and uh, Courtown uh, St Dalton's Courtown Gales await the winners of that one uh, in the under 21 C final that's taking place this Saturday at 12.15 uh, the 1st of uh, December um, I think yeah it is the 1st of mm-hmm. December that's 12.15 in Park Talchin it's Kilmainham Drumbarra um, taking on Kilbride and uh, I suppose Kilbride after winning the first minor are a bit of, on a bit of a high mm. and uh, it's great to see Two teams, Kilmainham and Drumbarra. Okay, then they're e- either side of Kells and they have to go through Kells to get to to uh, to each other's fields to train or whatever. But good to see both of them teams um, in North Mead uh, through to a final. Yeah, it is. And I think there's huge frustration in the area. They've had to wait six weeks from their semi-final to final, okay. which is absolutely crazy. And, and had Kilbride played their semi-final? Kilbride only played last week. Okay. Their right. semi-final, yeah. So... I don't I don't know how they've done it with training and not keeping lads interested but trying to keep lads you know relatively fresh and kind of hungry is difficult over a six week period from a semi-final to a final but I've no doubt the lads there that there are good lads involved um, they'll they'll be keeping them boys grounded and it'll be a tough game for them as you said Kilbride are making huge strides underage they're a growing population sort of on the outskirts of Dublin as well Um so that'll be a really entertaining game it should be a, a, a really good cut and raiser to the Division 1 final. And that was just what I was going to say. It is going to be the curtain raiser to the under-21 final, the under-21 Division 1 final, um, which is taking place at 2pm. And that sees Rathote and Dunboyne taking on one another. We know Rathote bet uh, Simonstown quite easily in their semi-final last week. And Dunboyne just got over um, Centralstown, who tried their best, um, maybe gave Dunboyne too much of a lead. Uh, and, and couldn't get their noses in front but you know that's not going to be an easy one to call both of them doing great work at underage Dunboyne and Rathout and you know the only way 
I, I'm picking Dunboyne to win this, but it's purely on the year that they're having. And a lot of those players have been involved with the junior team and the senior team this year. So, you know, like they, they, they should have the strength and depth and the and the, the character to get over the line, I suppose, and and, and that winning mentality after uh, after winning the junior and senior this year. Yeah, I'd go along with that too. I think they probably will have too much. Now we're told they'll obviously have something to say about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. not many games we're told go into and they're not favourites to win the game. Yeah. But I think they will be the underdogs on Sunday, or on Saturday rather, there's no doubt about that. Dunboyne have such a, as you said, a mix of their junior and senior stars like David McEntee Sr., Lee yeah. Byrne, Keane Flynn the keeper, Cox, um, and, Cox and uh, Darren Nolan, Ronan Jones, Willie Wonty, Willie Wonty, how is the play, what's the story, is there any fuel left? Yeah, so Joe Robinson will answer all them questions <laughs> yeah. for you. And, but, they have, um, and they have 38. Players to pick from, apparently. 38,000 is right. Yeah. So I'm no good at judging the size of a team, Ted, but I can say that there's about 38,000 yeah. on the line. Yeah, so that was a bit of an exaggeration. Brian Kelly will be turning in his grave if he's in a chance. No, it should be a really entertaining game, and obviously, it is a derby, it's a local game. Yeah. And so both teams have, have experience in finals in recent years. Conan Lahern will probably carry, carry a lot of the. They can for, for a toad. He's one of their star players for their senior team at the minute. So he'll probably have a big part to play on, on Saturday. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Dunboyne will have too much for them. Yeah, it, it'll all be... It'll all be put to rest anyway on Saturday afternoon in Park Tolchin, uh, 2 p.m. That final sees with Toad and Dunboyne taking on one another. And best of luck to two two really good clubs and really good teams that play a lovely brand of football so um, uh, I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining game we'll move on now we're not we, we're not too far from the end but we're going to probably go into a little bit of depth here on this um, Mead took on Loud at the opening of I think it was St Oliver Crunkett's pitch was it? Yeah um, in Drogheda um, on Sunday afternoon and Mead won this in a scoreline of one goal and 15 to one goal and 11 um, there was a few uh, there, there was a good few uh, players used in this and a good few new names and, and younger players that we would like to see in there mm. and uh, you know it's okay people would probably say we should be beaten loud um, but we and, and we should be beaten Leitrim but it's two wins um, in a row as they get ready to go into the O'Byrne Cup yeah absolutely I don't think um, I don't think the result necessarily matters too much um, obviously as you said we should be beating them two teams and we have done but it's looking at kind of the players that are coming through and the performances and of the existing players as well, like it's not all new players. Obviously. No, we have a good a few crossover. players back as well. Exactly, Mickey Newman. Yeah, great to see Mickey back. Um, one six, I know one five of it was from dead balls and stuff, but that's that's Mickey Newman to a T. And like, losing. and just like in, in the Camogie and Hurlem, you need yeah. a good free take. You do, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mickey's a class act, and he's um, he's such a lovely style as well of of you know kicking, especially from the ground. It kind of reminds you of Brian Stafford in years gone by. Yeah, but it's great to have him back, especially because Donal Lennon has gone travelling. We probably don't have a recognised or natural free taker after Lenehan, or we wouldn't have had. Um, so Mickey is a great replacement for him. Then you have, you know, the, Graham Riley still there. He's, he's soldiering on, and I think there was three column kills. Ben Brennan was obviously playing, and James Conlon. Well, as what well. I'll do is I might just name the team then. That, yeah, fire away. That, that started, um, and then give you the lads that were on the bench. So in goals on the weekend was Andrew Colgan. Ronan Ryan from uh, Summerhill was cornerback. Fullback was um, Seamus Lavin. And then Tomás McGovern from Dunamore was the other cornerback. 
Uh, Niall Kane started at wing back. James McEntee and Sean Riley from um, Moyla. From Moyla. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't give you the other players because I suppose everybody kind of knows yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Tomas McGovern. Uh, I, I said Robert. Sorry. Uh, Seamus Lavin obviously is is done boying. Yeah. James McEntee is done boying. And no, Coraha. Yeah. Or sorry, Coraha. Yeah. And then. Uh, uh, Sean Riley is from Moyla. Mm-hmm. Sean Tobin from Simonson was midfield and he was uh, partnered by Dahi McGowan from Atoth. Jason Scully from Old Castle was wing forward. Dara Campion was centre forward and again had another good game. He's played two really good games. He, he's, he came off at half-time on, on Saturday, but that was apparently to give lads a run. And Danny Quinn from uh, Ballinabracky at wing forward. Again, played well from what I believe. Um, in Michael Newman played corner forward, or Mickey Newman uh, from Kilmainham. Uh, ben Brennan from uh, Column Kills was full forward. Um and no, uh, yeah, sorry, no. Ben Brennan came on as a sub. Yeah. Thomas Riley was full forward, and then James Conlon from Column Kills. And again, apparently, he's not big in stature, obviously, but he was so good, I believe, against yeah. Leiden the weekend. He always shone for ball out in front and uh, had a really good game. His movement is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and the way he can dip the shoulder, turn one way, and jink to go the other way, it's just magnificent to watch. He's been doing it for in senior football for the last few years and obviously underage with Mead. So it's great to see him finally get the chance. People will say this, oh, he's not big enough and all this. You're going to hear that. But What height it, is Jack McCaffrey? Absolutely, exactly. Do you know? And don't buy it because this what lad... Height is, what height is, is Drew Wiley? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh no, it's, it's, complete, <laughs> it's ludicrous now. He's, he's, he's actually better being that height. It's him accused for Donegal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you now. And you're dead right. Yeah. But like, it's about get ba- getting balance. If you look at the, the teams, that are, the players that I mentioned and the teams that they play on, hmm. it's well balanced. You need players like that. You know, like Simonstown, um, Nathan O'Brien and yeah, Nicky yeah. O'Brien. Yeah. Um, even, even Niall Kane, he's not the tallest man. Shane Gallagher is not the tallest man. But it's fitting them in in the right hmm. positions with the right men around them. Yeah. You know and and I mean? like you, you talked about that half forward line for me is really exciting. Mm. Jason Scully, magnificent yeah. this year for for Old for Castle. Uh, Dara Campion, we've talked about him so much over the over the course of the year for screen. He's been a brilliant player. Left foot, right foot, yeah. can pick a pass, can take a score, um, drives. You know, mm. and he's always wants to go forward. Yeah, and Danny know? Quinn, uh, wing forward as well. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Danny again. Another kind of success story from the Me Juniors over the last couple of years. He's been superb, brilliant for Balnebracchi this year as well. And he's such a versatile player. Danny's the kind of lad that you can put full forward, corner forward, centre forward, wing forward, even midfield, he'll do you a job. Mm-hmm. Which is great to have guys like that in the team. And like if you look at that forward line especially, most of them are flexible to play in different positions. Mm. And like the lads, you, you, you know, Graham Riley to come into that, Ben Brennan to come into that. You know, it's it's good to see this kind of freshness and that. It's great to have the competition as well between the lads. And then we'll just mention who was on the bench. Number 16 was Andrew Beakey from Column Kills. We'll come back to that in a minute. So we will. Uh, there's an interesting story there. Um, ben Brennan was a sub. Robert Gary was a sub. Sean Curran from uh, Dunmore Ashburn was down. I don't think he, he was there, though. Um, Barry Dardis was wearing number 18, but again... We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, Ethan Devine, who I'm just delighted to see, uh, was in there. Owen McDonald uh, from Nafina as well, he was there. Um, and Gavin McCoy. Niall Kane, as we said, started. Robin Clark, Graham Riley, and Shane Glynn all uh, on the bench. Now, 
Ethan Devine. No, no. Yeah. We, we probably, oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of substitutions at half time, and, and, and one for me that uh, I was really excited about, and I, I said it there a moment ago, was um, Ethan Devine coming in at midfield. He came in in, in place of Dahi McGowan. Now, Dahi did well in midfield in the first half, but Ethan Devine, I believe, was just outstanding when he came onto the field to play. Um and uh, I, I think I think he even may have scored a point. He did. He um he, he got a point as well in the second half. I'm just so excited to see these younger players coming in and 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 nothing against the older players, mm. but the likes of your Ethan Devines and your um uh, your Dara Campions and, 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 and Jason Scully. Exactly. Yeah. These lads They've they've played against your Dublins. They've played against your Kildares. They've beaten them. They're, yeah. They they don't fear them. No. Um, and it's that thing I talked about before with Graham Garrity when he came into the me yeah. team. You know, like he came in young, and he was just like, so what? Like I'm, I'm going out to play football. I I know how to play football. Mm. And these lads just have. It's not a cockiness at all. No. It's just, it's just a, a confidence in their ability. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like and 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 just so. I'm excited to see these players in there. Yeah, they don't care about reputations. They no. Don't, they don't care who they're marking. To be honest with you, some of them mightn't even know the guys they're marking. Exactly. Which is great. Like You, you don't want to say, oh, well, Jesus, you're going to be marking Jack McCaffrey. Obviously, you know the likes of Jack McCaffrey. But certain who? lads... <laughs> <laughs> you just mentioned him there five months ago. Oh, that fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Him, he's all right, that fella. But, uh, no. but like the likes of the guys from Loud and that, and we'd play Loud nearly every year between Leinster and League and Upper and Cup and, mm-hmm. and the likes of the guys who are there 10 or 12 years will know the guys they're playing now I'm not saying they're any bit afraid of them or anything like that because we have such a good record against Loud yeah. but the younger lads come in and it, it is they, they play without they play with freedom they don't play like no shackles on exactly yeah. and that's that's fantastic to see Ethan Devine is probably the one like he's He's only, I think he's only 20, but he's six foot, I'd say six foot three, six foot four. Like I said to you off air, he reminds me of Conor Nash. He has the look of Conor Nash about him. That sort of physical, right. you know, specimen that he is. And he's such a good ball player as well. Like he obviously has everything going for him as well. So it's only... And one that you mentioned already that I'd love to see in there as well is McBride. Mm. You know what I mean? Like uh, maybe is he a little bit too young? Yeah, well, he'll, he'll, he'll be on the 20s. Um, Next year for Barry Callahan, like he's only he's only seventeen, right? Which is ridiculous. Like he's playing under twenty ones for for our lads. He hasn't played idle football yet with his with 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 Altons, I'd imagine it'll probably be, um, but he hasn't played idle football yet. I think you have to kind of be careful with the likes of Keane, because you know you have to sort of integrate them in the right way. You can't throw them in too early. And in fairness, Tandy McEntee, like he's not done that. He's he's had no. to be patient and wait for these guys to come through. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that, and and and. You know he's he's given them that year more maybe to mature and now he's starting to blood them in slowly and you know I I, I it, it's just a, I I feel like this is this is the start of the revolution that I've been talking about the in league football the, yeah the, you know like that it's it's. I think that in Mead we probably neglected underage football for a long time but in the last three, four, five years I think that an awful lot of um, emphasis has been put on on our um, development squads and on our strength and conditioning and now we're starting to see the fruits of it coming through. Mm. It's going to be a slow process of course. but I just think that this is the beginning of it and I'm just so happy to see our successful underage footballers starting to make the impact and starting to make that transition into the senior team mm. and and that Andy McEntee a lot of people have their opinion about Andy McEntee I think he's a good manager I think last year he was maybe too much invested in absolutely every part of 
his management team. And that's, I don't mean him uh, as in the, the, the people, as in he was invested in them. I think that he was trying to take too much on. This year, Colin Nally has gone in as the, as the footballing coach. Mm. And from what I've heard, mm. that Andy now can step back and watch and see what's happening. He's not taking every training session. He's not involved with the physio. He's not involved with the, uh, you know, the, the, the setting up of the cones. And he's not involved with like, organising that training session and stuff like that. So I think it's going to give him a chance now to stand back. And maybe, not that he was wearing blinkers, but maybe he was just focused on so many different things. He had too much things. going on, probably. He had yeah. too much going on. Now he can look back. And the, 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 the talk coming from, from the inside the camp is that it's just class this year. Mm. There's, the, 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 Colin and Ali is bringing something to it that's special yeah. and that Andy has now been able to stand back and see things. I think everyone kind of when Colin and Ali took him on board and Gary Rogers is, is also there as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like it's, it's a freshness, but it was, there was no sort of, oh, God, Colin and Ali or God, Gary Rogers. Everyone was excited to see these two people coming into the to the setup as well. Yeah. And and the lads who were there did their time and whatever, but there's a real sort of freshness and that you can kind of feel good things, good vibes coming out of the camp, mm. which is good. And let's be honest about it, we haven't felt them kind of vibes coming out for for a few years now. now really. I, I don't want to get carried away. Mm. I'm not saying we're going to go out and win Leinster no, and beat we're still in November win, after all. Ireland. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like yeah. but what I'm saying is is that this is the beginning of something. Mm. Um we've got a coach in there we've got our manager we've got our goalkeeping coach we've got our selectors we've got all that you've got your physios and the whole lot he's got a great team around him now not that he didn't before but he doesn't have to go in and get involved in, in so many things and as I said these special players that we've bred over the last five years are starting to make their way into this team which means that you know I, I feel that it's the beginning of something different yeah, and you said it there as well in relation to the young lads coming through that they've they've bet Kildare, but more importantly they've bet Dublin in the mm. last few years, both yeah. at under twenty one and at minor levels, which is huge because you know it's something that we haven't tasted for since twenty ten in a, in a senior capacity, which yeah. is eight years. It'll be nine years now in the new year, which is really too long for me. But as you said, this group, exciting group of young prospects coming through, they don't care who they're playing. They don't. They have no fear, and that that only bode well for the guys that are in there. It, I, I was saying it to Sean Tobin. Yeah. That it'll be like when you've got an old dog at home. Yeah. And you get a puppy. Yeah, yeah. It breeds a new exactly breath of life yeah. into the old dog, and that's what it's going to do. And if you look at it, the Dublin team, always talk about it. Mm. So they do that when these young fellas come into the team that they step up their game because they know they're under pressure from these younger lads that are coming in. Mm. And again, there's no, as you said, they've no fear. They've, you know, they, they've, they don't fear any players that they're going to be marking. So, and, and, and other players, the older players kind of, you know, they thrive on that. Mm. You know, well, like, I put the question to Graham Riley when I, when I interviewed him and it was at the end and it wasn't just, it wasn't a real serious, I'd never thought for a second he was going to retire or anything, but I asked him and he said, look, you're, you know, you're there 10 years, 10 plus years. Like, why, why, or what, what do you get out of or what do you really, why are you still there? Like, many a player would walk away and has walked away. Yeah. And the one thing he said straight away off the bat was that these, this group, that's, that's what he's holding out for. He wants to be a part of this kind of revolution, as you called it. Um, and Mickey Burke is probably the same. He's still there soldiering on for yeah. the last 12 or 13 years. 
these kind of lads love seeing this new talent coming through and they're they're the fantastic kind of influences that that these young lads are going to need like they're it's not just going to happen obviously no, they're going to no, need these kind yeah. of role models in the squad and the likes of them lads who have i've seen it and done it they're the kind of lads they're going to look up to and they're mm -hmm. going to be key in their development also absolutely yeah and 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 i, I just think it's exciting as i said don't want to get carried away i don't think they're going to go out and win in leinster or in all ireland but there's potential to get to the Super 8s. I'm not going to say we are going to get to the Super 8s. No. It will be tough. There's eight There's eight teams in Division 1 that should be favourites to get into uh, the Super 8s. That's just the nature that's of the beast. Fact, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, But I, I just think that, um, you know, would this with this group of players that are coming in, would we have beaten Longford last year? I think we would have. Do you know what mm, I mean? Like, you yeah. know, the, the freshness of these players and whatever. It's hard to argue with that. Um, and I can just see progress being made this year. Uh, and it's we can't measure it. We can't say it's going to be, you know, we're not, we're, we, I suppose you pitch yourself against the dubs in Leinster. You can't. No, you can't pitch no. yourself against them. But can we be second best in, in, in Leinster this year? I think we're good that, enough. That's a realistic target, exactly. absolutely, yeah. Second best in Leinster and then pushing for a Super 8 spot. If we're, if we're second best in Leinster... We're going to be in the final round of the qualifiers, simple exactly. as. And you know, you have to win one game, more than likely it'll be against a big hitter. But so hard, it's a one-off game. We've we've proved it in the last two years in big games that we can Donegal stick with them. We yeah. haven't come out the right end of the results. Exactly. We could have easily though. In both games. And then you're in the Super 8s. So as you said, you can't just say, oh well, we're going to be in the Super 8s or we have a God-given right to be in the Super 8s, which mm -hmm. we don't. But if, if the lads work hard enough in the league, league's going to be tough. We have all these northern teams who we don't have a great record against. Yeah. So it's going to be a really, really stern examination for this new squad. But if we can get through the league, possibly nick promotion, going into the Leinster Championship, as you said, I don't think we've we have too much to fear. No, absolutely not. Like, like, and and because it's the beginning of something new, they've nothing to fear. You know, go out and and just be the second best in Leinster. Mm and try to get to your Super 8s, and, and, and you can't ask for more than that. No. You mentioned it there already, you know, trying to get promotion out of the league. There's new rules in for the league. The rules aren't going to be in for the championship, um, I don't think. Mm. Are they going to... I, I think that they're being trialled in the league, but the old rules are going to be in place for the championship, and if the, if the rules from the league work, they'll introduce them in 2020, yeah. um, in, in January 2020. I think that's the way it works. But there are a couple of... Go on. No, no, no. The, we were going to talk about the goalkeeping, maybe. Oh, yes, sorry. To. Before we go on, before we go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to interrupt me. No. Say. <laughs> at halftime as well, there was another interesting substitution at halftime um, where Barry Dardis um, from Summer Hill um, came on, but not where we would have expected him come up, to come on um, as we did have a sub-goalkeeper. It was Andrew Beakey from um, St. Colin Kills. But... Uh, Dardis, Barry Dardis within the goals. And I am just trying to figure figure out why. You know the man. You're good friends with him. Yeah, yeah. Did you I, hear Andy? Yeah, Andy took out a roulette uh, board and he started spinning around and seeing, picking a number to see who was coming <laughs> off the goals. No, no, he didn't do that. Um, no, I was we're actually, drawing straws, actually. Yeah, I, of course we are. Um, I actually spoke with Barry... Um, Yesterday evening after the game, and I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I didn't get to the game. I was still coming home, but I just that was the one thing that stood out. As you said, you expect to beat loud, and you see all these new names and stuff. But Barry Darvis and goals, really? Yeah, there was a great tweet about it. So there was. Yeah, Bobby, uh, Bobby Lyons. It was it Bobby Lyons? Yeah. And he turned around and he says, "What the fuck?" 
And he was like, well, if this is a new ploy, why are we letting it out? Yeah, nobody, I'm sorry, Bobby Lines' tweet was, Barry was away in America there a few weeks ago. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he said, um, I, I don't know, he said something along the lines of, I knew going away in, to America in November wasn't a good idea, and now he's come back. <laughs> but um, no, it's something that, look, at Andy, Andy is probably well known for having these kind of wacky ideas, and some work, some don't, but that's kind of what makes great managers great and mm. makes them different from the rest. You, you know, everyone could be boring and whatever, Jim Gavin-esque maybe, if you want to term it. <laughs> or, or, or Jimmy McGuinness-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's just put everybody behind the ball, hey? Yeah, absolutely. But no, he, he, I think he approached Barry a couple of weeks ago um, with, with, with goalkeeping and Barry didn't really know how to respond to him. I mean, he's never been in goals or anything like that, but... In, in this day and age in the modern game Barry kind of ticks a lot of the boxes like Go on, tell me how Well, he's, he's, he's tall enough um, He's a great pair of hands in him He's right. a fantastic distribution okay. um, Both from the ground, from his hands um, Straight away now Shot stopping is obviously going to be an issue Something that you can work on. You have the right man in there with Gary Rogers to work on. Is he a long kick out? Yeah, perfect. Okay. Well able to pick lads Please. out. Um, okay. So no, picking, pick, see that that this thing of picking players out is nearly gone. Mm. It's but you can look at you're still going to have to pick lads out. Areas forty five exactly. Yeah. It's not just going to be a case of driving the ball long and hard. Maybe yeah. it will be, but I don't think it will be. I still think you're going to have to pick lads out left and right or through the centre on on rushing, but. The Rory Began has kind of revolutionised the jersey, the goalkeeping jersey, yeah. in the sense that the way he kind of comes out and he's so comfortable on the ball and that he can set attacks in motion and actually join attacks. Join attack and, and score a point. You know, Andy Colgan's a good keeper and, and he ticks a lot of boxes too, but probably that kind of ball playing goalkeeper is probably something that doesn't suit him. And Barry would be probably an option for that. Look, I still think Barry's one of the best forwards in the county. Just when you're saying about wacky ideas and goalkeepers and, yeah. and how you need to play them these days, just a little thing that happened a few weeks ago. I was at an Ulster club semi quarterfinal match. Castle Rahan were playing the winners. They were playing uh, the Derry champions. Can't remember who it was. Yeah. But um, it was Coleraine. Coleraine um, they got a man sent off, um, uh, Castle Rahan, in the first half. And at half time, the, the, their manager, who was a bit wacky himself, um, had a talk with the players. And what happened in the second half was their goalkeeper played cornerback. They had no goalkeeper. <laughs> and they scored six points in a row, five points in a row to bring it back to a one point game. Down a man and playing a goalkeeper as a cornerback. And the goalkeeper was running from goals to cornerback yeah, goals. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like revolutionising the game, Rory Began going forward. Yeah. What about, you know, just yeah. taking your goalkeeper out There's and playing, idea, like, yeah. playing a spare man? When the ball the is at the other end, probably, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Look, with Barry, I think it's an experiment ongoing and it'll be interesting to see what comes So it wasn't just next. something that happened on the day? It wasn't, no, it wasn't off the cuff. Day. I think, he, okay. you know, he's known about it for a couple of weeks, but that was right. the first time we people have really seen it. Or, yeah. And, it's and plus he was wearing number 18, so it's kind of a surprise. Well, again, he's played in challenge matches in recent weeks outfield and done quite well yeah. um, so look at Barry's one of the top forwards in County Mead and I still would prefer to see him in the, in the forward, forward line, line for Mead yeah. but if it was a case that Barry was off the number one jersey what age is Barry now? Barry's 23 23 20, still young 24 yeah absolutely so if he was off the number one jersey I'm sure it would be a thing that you'd probably have to take it mm -hmm. now the likes of Barry probably wouldn't be happy sitting with number 16 on him yeah. but he's Look at he's he's this versatile player. We talk about it all the time that he's more than comfortable to play wherever he's put. Like, and that's a good attitude to have. There, 
there is kind of players in this day and age who, if they were given a number one jersey or given a number 16 jersey or whatever, they, <laughs> they throw it back or, you know. If they were given a number five jersey and they usually wear number seven, just yeah. play on the right or play on the left, they'd be like, no, I'm a left halfback, you know. Yeah, Whereas yep, exactly. players should be just, you know, if you're given 15 or if you're given two, mm. you know, you're there for the team. Like, and, and that's that's something. But I suppose that was an interesting one. It's good to get a little bit of insight on it because a lot of people were talking about it. Uh, on social media and didn't know if it was just a, um, a freak uh, decision at half time or whatever but no it's not the scores from the Mead game anyway were Mickey Newman one goal and six penalty and five frees and one from play Ben Brennan got two frees in the second half Graham Riley got two points James Conlon that young man that we've been talking about as well he got uh, two points one was from a mark Mm-hmm. Um, which we're going to come to now in a moment. Danny Quinn, Ethan Devine, and Tomas O'Reilly got a point each. Now the mark. So, in uh, we were we were just about to go to that a few minutes ago when we were talking about the rules. We spoke about the rules a couple of weeks ago. Now we spoke about an inside uh, uh, mark. So you've got your mark from a kick out, but then there was a forward line mark, which was if the ball was kicked from outside the forty five into the full forward line, if they were inside the twenty meter line and caught the ball uh, directly, they got a mark. Now, that's been changed. Mm. If the ball is kicked from outside the 45-metre line and a player catches it anywhere inside the the 45, as long as he's 20 metres away from the kicker, he gets a mark and he gets a shot at goal. Mm -hmm. It's very Aussie rules. Like, it's only... it's it's The mark is only in the attacking half, so it's only in the forward line. Um, It's not like in Aussie rules you can do it anywhere in the field. So this has been brought in. I suppose probably make teams go a little bit more direct and not to be we'll say playing the little diagonal ball well you can still play a diagonal ball low and onto the ground the fella can pick it up and go and get a score but this is to maybe go harder longer and uh, try and faster and try and catch that ball in uh, in midair so uh, it's a rule that would probably suit someone like me but, uh, <laughs> that's why you're you're so keen on it, I think, isn't it? <laughs> but you're not a fan of this one this, you know? I'm, not, I'm, I'm not I'm undecided because I haven't seen it in action I, you know, first and foremost, so I'm not really sure how it'll work on that. But I suppose the fact that it was altered probably suggests that you know it was initially, as you said, the 21 meter line or further back. Yes. Yeah, so which probably would have been the reason why it was probably changed is that the, we're worried that maybe there'd just be a lot of hoof and you'd catch the ball in the 45 and just lump it into the full forward line yeah. once it goes. And, and it's a bit of a raffle or whatever. And it it does pay dividend if you win the ball. If you win the ball, but and as well as that, like if you're kicking from outside the 45, like. You, you're very rarely beyond the 45 without a man in front of you. Mm. So, like, to kick that long ball would be hard. So you'd be kicking it from further back, mm. maybe 10 metres back, trying to hit that ball mm. into the inside the 21-metre yeah. line. It's a, bit, it's a bit unrealistic. It's a bit unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, obviously, it's been altered. Like, I'm not really sure entirely how it's going to work out. Um, but, as you said, James Conlon was was a beneficiary of yeah. it yesterday. Um, he, he caught a ball that. from uh, Sean Tobin. Sean Tobin played a ball into him. He caught it. He won his mark and he stuck it over the bar. I, I just think the reason why I'd be kind of um, reluctant to take to it is that, as you said, the Aussie rules, I just think it's a bit too much Aussie rules. I just think like it, it is Gaelic football after all and we are changing. Oh, did I tell you about the other rule? The pitch is going to be oval now. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're, we're taking the And there's going to be, uh, now you get points for a wide as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, look. You're half a point for a wide. Yeah, yeah. So look, we'll see in, in, in the coming weeks, we'll obviously see it in action a bit yeah. more. But I, I just think we're we're sort of trying to 
not forced through these rules but introduce these all these new rules and like obviously there is stuff that needs to be addressed in, in Gaelic football that's no one can kind of deny that but I just wouldn't like to see our game kind of completely overturned too much yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. That's but just I, why I, I do think that I do think that uh, a, a clean catch should be rewarded myself mm-hmm. in some way uh, shape or form I, I love to see high fielding um, and it'll probably bring I suppose in the last few years the game has gone so athletic you don't have as many tall men on the field you look mm. at uh, the Dublin midfield like they're 6-1 and 6-1 yeah. or, you know what I mean like you don't see the likes of your John McDermott's no. your Anthony Tohills mm. your um, uh, um, even uh, Nigel Crawford even your like, Nigel yeah. Crawford's yeah. as well like you know and you don't see that type of player anymore so um, I suppose that's something that they're probably trying to bring back in as well. Now, as well on the new rules, uh, the rest of the rules were fairly okay, but the hand passing rule, the three hand passes, um, what they found was that there was a few times with the referee. Now, the, the Cormac O'Reilly, uh, Cormac O'Reilly did say to the players before, and he says, "Look, I'm, I'm getting used to these rules mm. and whatever as well." And he did make a couple of mistakes where the fourth hand pass was made, and he and he didn't blow the whistle or whatever. But what I was asking was. Did he count out the hand passes? And it says, no, what he'd do is, um, uh, most of the time on a third hand pass, when he remembered it, he'd say, you must kick it. Mm. Now, I think, and we spoke about this before, that the referee should maybe count out the hand passes. Make it easier for him, because he knows how many hand passes are gone, and make it easier for the players that they're not, you know, wondering, have we gone three passes? Have we gone two? Mm. What is it? Or whatever. And I just think that for referees, it'd make it much clearer if they were roaring, one, mm. two, three, Kick it, kick it, kick it. Yeah, I go you know along I mean? with that as well. I think so. Um, because as you said, it is, and like you have two gone, and you're wondering, choose three, did, or did do you, I have to have one more? Exactly. Or, did he hand pass before that? Or? So at least, and then you'd have to be counting. And you know yourself when you're when you're trying to think and play football at the same time, they don't really work together. No. If you just go out and play football and hear this in your head, it's instinctive. Like if yeah. you're if you're shouting at me, one, two, three, four, whatever it is, I don't have to think for myself how much hand pass I can take that. Play exactly, more. and. Look, but when he shouts three, you know, you have to kick it. Yeah. There's no clouded out or anything over it. Um, but there wasn't too much argument about it either. They, they, what they found was maybe that after a third hand pass, a kick would go backwards yeah. because there was nowhere to kick it. But it wasn't, it wasn't a majorly bad rule, like mm. they said. Like, you know, there was indifferent. Mm. There was no... I, I still think it could be a little bit higher. I think four or five might just be... You know, if they're yeah. going to bring in this rule, I think three mightn't be enough or whatever. Um, and, and I don't know who put up a tweet the other day. Was it Alan Brogan? Put up a tweet of um, Foley's goal. was in 91. When oh, yeah. He'd run the whole yeah, pitch, yeah, yeah. basically. And, and it was mainly hand-passing. It was, it was mainly hand-passing. It was like, one of the best goals ever. We'll never probably see that again if, if this happens. But look, at as you said, you have to move with the times too. I know it's a big rule change. But it'll be interesting to see. And as you said, look, Cormac Riley's one of the top referees in the country. He's, he's learning too. We talked about this last week. It's as much a learning curve for the referees as it is for the actual players playing it. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to probably, there could be two hand passes and he might blow you for overdoing it or underdoing it. So it's going to happen. But look, exactly. But if they call it out yeah. and if they're vocal. Now is the, the time to make them mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it's now is the time for someone to go in and say to referees, okay, you have to be vocal. Mm. You have to call them. Yeah. But if anybody wants to see the new rules in play, I suppose you can get out to uh, or get down to Port Leash on uh, Saturday the eighth. Um, Mead are taking on Leash in the O'Byrne Cup in Port Leash. Uh, let's hope that Kieran Flynn has got out of Port Leash. 
Portlaoise. We might get him out and can go that back day, down <laughs> at that stage. We might, hopefully, we can get him signed out. But um, yeah, that's his. If, if you want to go down and see Mead's uh, 2019 campaign getting off. Uh, to a good start hopefully we can get the better of leash down in port leash um, with those new rules so um, they will be in play for the league as well and the rest of the, uh, the remaining Auburn cup in uh, january mm. david i suppose that's that's everything talked about this week have you any other business you want to spring up yeah well i'd just like to talk we have the challenge match obviously for high exactly, yeah. uh, this coming saturday in Corton. it's at four o'clock and it's between a Corton and ulton selection predominantly of the team that he would have played with growing up with the St. cupboards um, and then a few of us kind of pups and younger lads that, <laughs> that'll probably come in and take the place of the other lads who might be in trouble after five or ten minutes you know so uh no, we're looking forward to it. Hopefully a big crowd there. And we're playing an Art Mead team, so there's a selection. I think there's 14 different clubs being represented. Excellent. which is fantastic to see lads that would have palled around with him and went to school with him. Um, so it's great to see it. Then we have our, obviously, shave, Movember shave that night in, in uh, Muldoon's and Kells. There's some terrific prizes. I mean, we're, we're starting to roll them out this week, but uh, we have an Irish rugby jersey signed by the squad that played the All Blacks or that made history in beating the All Blacks. So there's a current bid of 900 on the table for wow. that. that hasn't, the auction hasn't even started and we have a bit of that. We have an Andy Moore in jersey from last year's All-Ireland final that he wore. A Michael Murphy jersey signed by him that he wore this year. And you have a Dublin jersey as well. Dublin jersey from... All-Ireland yeah, four in a row team. Yeah, or the, no, the 2011 team. Oh, sorry. It's the one that won their first okay. All-Ireland in so many years. And there's a Joe Cannon Hurley that he used in the semi-final this year for Galway, signed by him as well. Fantastic. Uh, we have Westlife tickets, we have Liverpool tickets against Spurs, there's everything. So, you know, we're not asking for any more prizes or anything, we have plenty as it is, but th- if anyone's looking to put a bid on any of them items, they're more than welcome to contact me, contact our Facebook page or whatever, and put a bid on them now and before maybe the night, set down a, set down a marker. Um, I, I think you're interested in a few of them might use yourself so <laughs> yeah, the Westlife tickets really have me going to me and the Liverpool uh, tickets to, uh, yeah no, uh, no. Um, but um, looking uh, looking forward to it have you any other um, fundraisers coming up after this one on the weekend no this is this will really put a close we actually have a soccer match between I think it's Castle Villa and the hospital so there's a couple of guys right. that work in the hospital and they're putting in a team against Castle Villa I think that's the following week I haven't really much detail on that one. I think it could be the Friday after the game, but I'll get that for you f- for next week or whatever. But um, no, look, we've done our cycle. We, we're doing the Movember, and um, we had a table quiz, and this will be the game. The the I have to thank everyone who's contributed in any way, shape, or form. It's just been like everyone in Carton has been blown away by Brilliant. the support and generosity of the people, and not just in Mead, but everywhere across different counties it's just been phenomenal and it, it it's really all what the GA is about um, and we can't thank everyone uh, highly enough and that game is on Saturday 4 o'clock in Cortown in Cortown yeah. and then you obviously are going to Muldoon's that night so if anybody yeah. wants to get in contact with David Rissman private to uh, or prior and private yeah. uh, privately uh, before you'll get him on all social media uh, Davy underscore Rispin is on uh, Twitter. Uh, on Twitter and then David Rispin on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, uh, Snapchat and LinkedIn and, and everything LinkedIn, it's all there everything you'll find them <laughs> and you can if you want to uh, make a donation or even if you want to as we said m- um, put a bid on any of those prizes you're more than welcome to yeah, cheers I suppose that's it for this week and remember folks we are Mead why it matters more Thank you.